I'm plugged into the Agora's Nexus We need the whole community connected We're the alternative collective Self-sufficient and effective all right hey there everyone it is the agorist nexus podcast welcome i am of course daggerist we have a really cool show today uh, a few guests so joining me as usual is going to be jeremiah harding we also have returning to the show the great gonzo hey and uh, first time on, uh, very pleased to have Sek Magora from Agora the Podcast. Welcome, hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we, uh, I don't remember what made me want to do this episode, uh, but I don't know, maybe it's uh, wanting to uh, rub my uh, left-wing roots a little bit, you know, so we're going to do some, uh, some talking about homelessness uh, today. So I figure that Jeremiah always has an opinion about everything and i figure they definitely has a lot to say about uh homelessness gonzo yeah, I understand. like i'm uh, i'm the left-wing guy in your uh, in your circle anyway so exactly exactly um the other podcast i do has a couple um uh post-libertarian so i've really been wanting to you know rub up on my uh <laughs> my leftiness a little bit here lately uh scratch that itch um the uh the great uh gonzo has lived in a car i'm to understand so we can get some uh, some good uh first uh first-hand experience there and then sec uh has some other programs it is i know he knows some people i hate to use the term homeless uh that's how i kind of want to start is talking about definitions today you can um, say but, unhoused uh, yeah unhoused is i think one that i like and then i don't know if there's a difference between the voluntary and the involuntary too so i wanted to touch on that but uh but sec has some stuff that he's doing uh with gorilla gardening and i know he knows some people who are uh camping out or however you want to say it. So I wanted to bring him on as well to, uh, to talk about this. So uh, SEC, uh, arm the homeless of uh, Mick Gora. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am pro arming the homeless and I'm also pro unleashing the homeless on the cops as opposed to unleashing the cops on the homeless. So yeah, cool. that's my, my stance on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. So um, so let's, let's start with, um, with definition. So if you ask, you know, Gavin Newsom, uh, the face of homelessness is a single mother with four kids living in their car. If you ask Fox News, it's um, homeless people pooping in bags and throwing it at storefront clerks. Um, I have a feeling that the truth is probably somewhere uh, in between as usual. So, um, you know, we sort of mentioned, you know, unhoused, homeless, um, voluntary, involuntary. Maybe some people just don't want the burden of a house and want to camp out for a little bit because they're at a time in their life where that works for them. Um, they might be considered homeless. They might be considered criminals. Um, obviously, there are people who genuinely would like to have a, a home and through hardships, either of their fault or not their fault, <clears throat> aren't capable of doing that. Is just not having your name on a lease considered homeless? Some politicians probably consider it as such. They're probably using homelessness as a uh, political tool. You know, they don't really give a shit about homeless people. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, you have people trying to actively criminalize the homeless as a political tool, I think, as well. So, um, so I don't know um, what, um, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and start with you, Jeremiah. What, um, what are some general thoughts you have on, on that? And then we'll, uh, we'll move on. And I'd like to hear from the other guys too. Okay. Um, well, I, I just say un, uh, unhoused or homeless. It, it doesn't really matter. Cause like the definition is very loose, um, mm -hmm. especially in, in places like California where they, they get a significant amount of funding to homeless things. It's why California has, um, so many homeless people it's not because california sucks that much it's because 
their their homeless programs are so good that other states will literally ship their homeless people to California. Like, you know, we want to talk about like DeSantis, uh, who sucks major cock. um, And I hate everything about him, um, like with very few exceptions. Uh, But one of the things is that like, oh, he's he's shipping migrants. Yeah, but okay. But most people don't know that Florida has been before he was even governor and like still is shipping their homeless people to like Los Angeles and San Francisco um, to claim that Florida has low homelessness while like shoving them into California's homeless system because it's so welcoming and accepting of everybody in order to uh, accommodate like migrant families and shit. Um, and so ultimately like Florida gets this artificially awesome reputation, um, because they, um, (laughs) at least in terms of numbers, because they keep on making their numbers artificially low by shipping them places, not just Florida, either like a significant amount of other people. So like ultimately the, uh, the, the, the homeless problem where I come from, which is California is, let's just say it's uh it's exaggerated and also at the same time very bad because like exaggerating the homeless problem with the biggest urban centers uh which are like san francisco la fucking oakland fucking like all these san diego all these big cities in one state is gonna make like california's homeless problem really fucking bad by default so that's why they had the programs as good as they were. And then it's why other states started to ship their homeless to California to have artificially low numbers. And then those states get to have the double whammy of using their uh, the homeless problem there as a political football because it's like, oh, yeah, look, this is what will become of you. Pieces of shit. I hate this whole <laughs> thing so much. I want I want to destroy Anyway, um, I've said it enough about the initials here, I think. So I'll pass it off okay. to I don't um, know, whoever. It's a it's definitely frustrating um, because, again, it, it, it is a political football on like both sides, you know, and it's like, of course, <laughs> no, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, we'll, we'll plenty of time to talk about it. Uh, Gonzo, let's go on here. Uh, hear your opening statements about homelessness. Well, and for, feel free to go ahead and share your own experiences here. Um, <laughs> there, like. there, there are levels to this shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you've got literally nothing and you're scraping by to, you know, you to get a fucking tarp and a sleeping bag. And then, you know, that's the, that's one extreme. The other side of it is maybe you're uh, living in a van or maybe you're living in an RV, you know, as, as far as numbers go. I think that uh, they're misleading because a lot of the people who are by choice living in a van, living in a car, living in an RV, simply not having their name on a lease, like they're sheltered, they're fed, a lot of them are working. And the numbers, once again, to get back to the politics side of it, you, you want the high numbers for the funding. And to speak of the California uh homeless situation they spend billions and it just keeps getting worse whether it's from people being shipped in or just 
you know, wh whatever the reason is, I don't particularly think that the numbers are representative of the actual issue. Mm -hmm. I think that they're inflated for political purposes. And a lot of people need help, but a lot of people just want left the fuck alone. So there's kind of two sides to it. But the uh, the RVs uh, particular, it's it's kind of funny that whatever HUD laws and stuff, it is like you can't legally live in an RV, you know, like for more than six months a year. So like that we have a lot of um, RV parks around here because people come down for the uh, for the winter, you know, and they only sign six month leases. They might sign you two leases a year, but you can't legally live there for more than six months at a time um, because of whatever law. So, yeah, it's it is kind of silly that they might consider people like that, you know homeless even if it is a uh, even if it is by choice um you know uh, for sure and and um but like you said uh, definitely levels to this uh levels of the shit um sec what you got man so yeah i will agree that it is a a political football or talking point and i don't think anybody anybody within the state wants to actually solve this problem because then it would give them uh, nothing to campaign on so um, I've heard, I've heard mixed stories of speaking specifically to California. Um, you know, you, you ask certain people about the policies within California and they're doing great things, but then some of the cities within California are uh, the worst in terms of uh, punitive measures against the homeless. So uh, putting up various um, spiked things so they the homeless can't sleep and throwing them in jail and get just to kind of get them off the street and that's supposedly doing something positive to end homelessness um i do think that um homeless is, is a wide term which would include people crashing on people's couches you know or you know you're subletting or, or yeah living in a van by choice i knew a, a number of people in southern california who were uh, I guess you would call them nomadic sort of crusty street punks. And they, they just sort of dropped out of society and were homeless by choice. But um, many people are, are there for um, are homeless, not by choice, but due mostly to uh, economic conditions. So again, it goes back to um, the source of the problem is again, the state uh, due to its regulation of um, the housing market and um incentivizing and socializing the costs of absentee ownership of property, um, making it illegal to, to live in other uh, manners uh, that might be much more cheap than say renting an apartment or owning a house such as, I mean, they demolish tiny homes all the time, mm -hmm. all over the place. It's often illegal to do that. Um, building, you know, structures that aren't to code. Um, like you said, living in a van, because that might be cheaper. It's technically not a legal, it's not a, a legal uh, way to, to uh, habitate um, by law. So the state is at the, uh, the core of this problem, I would say. Um, I would couple that with sort of uh, what you might call big business um, and existing land speculators. And um I call both of those the same to me. I think like it's all the state. Yes, I would agree that that is all the greater state rather the government and the sort of the corporate class would be uh, combined to make the state in my opinion. Um, and the solution can't come from the state. They don't, they, 
it would not serve them to solve this. Um, and I think the only way to solve this would be through uh, direct action and community outreach. So. Well, and so just to, just to get sort of footing, um, if if people are comfortable, um, totally fine if you're not and you don't want to, uh, where where are people from? I'm from California. Um, yeah, Central Florida, basically. Yeah. I live in Spokane, Washington right now, so. I Northeast Ohio. I current re currently reside in Appalachia. Oh, very cool. I got some uh, we got some audience members who'd be interested to talk to you. Yeah, um and and you know, you you talk on the the anti-homeless thing. I actually just made a post because um first off, like there's already significant amounts of anti-homeless architecture here in Spokane. Like I'm really brutally exposed to that now. Um, that I live in a city because I come from fucking nothingsville, uh, fucking rural middle of the desert ass nowhere, mm -hmm. and like dirt roads and people LARPing as old Western people, but they're not, and they go to Walmart. Um, so they 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 have horses in the middle of this sparse desert, and you know, it's I don't I didn't like it. I'll put it that way, but like yeah, I I, I like anti-homeless architecture is everywhere here and I, I made a post uh the other day about one of the bus stops they're making and so they've got um in order to avoid giving like some some evil terrible sleeping person a place to do that evil terrible sleeping thing they've got um a bench that isn't a bench it's two chairs like airport chairs with handle with with handles coming in the middle of the two chairs um that have holes through those handles um and what that means is that like uh this two chairs just two so only two people can sit at this bus stop um this two chair thing has enough metal to like basically make another chair in between the two chairs and being armrests and so there's that and then there's like as as another seating area, they've got one of those standing benches where it's like you stand and you lean your ass against the back of it. And that's for two people, probably. But one, you know, guaranteedly only one person is going to to be using it because nobody wants to say, hey, I'm going to put my ass on this thing and stand next to you. Um, so I've never seen a standing bench. That's odd. Yeah. OK, so it's it's what you do is you just sort of lean your ass against against it and it's like it's like a standing chair for a standing desk um I'm opposed to it yeah I'm... I'm i'm opposed to it in public especially since this thing also had like led lights that are probably on all night now uh it wouldn't surprise mm. me in the slightest so these led lights are on all night in this like residential district like what they needed is more lights. What they needed is the also LED displays in the in, in in like next to the bus stop and fucking security cameras. And, you know, it just it, it really highlighted where the infrastructure is or like when they'll put like nubbles of cement rising up off the, the pavement. Um, when when you when you like have an area under something so that if somebody wants to get some shade uh for a peaceful night um they they can't do that uh because because this uh this this nubbles of concrete 
or just spikes of metal or just so like, like this is something that's always things. like um this is something i've always like wondered about like you know on the it's like living in like like the city you know it definitely seems seems to me like you know homeless people tend to congregate in like the cities which i guess you know you could be close to resources or mm-hmm. you know um you know whatever maybe all sorts of reasons but like you know to me like i'm like man if i was ever gonna have to be homeless like i'd be in the woods like camping out you know so and and you know there's people who definitely seem like they genuinely like enjoy that uh there's a uh, this guy has a youtube channel it's hobo shoestring i don't know if you guys are familiar but he I'm like not. rides the rails and like he he teaches you how to like ride the rails, like he's missing fingers and teeth and all that, you know what I mean? Um, but like there's you know still people that do that and like they enjoy like the freedom. Um, overheard a conversation in the gas station um, where two one guy used to be homeless, the other guy still is, are talking about it, and the guy who used to be is like, yeah, man, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm you know indoors, but man, sometimes I really miss the freedom of the lifestyle, you know, and like being younger or something like I could like when I was younger I was like man like being you know like the 30s like hobo kind of riding the rail seeing whatever like that but there's definitely something kind of cool and like appealing to that like to Mm -hmm. me but um but at any rate it definitely seems like homeless people tend to be a lot more prevalent in the cities so you know your anti-homeless um architecture and stuff be more present there obviously but like um is this is it because it could just be that they're more seen so yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe I think that, there's probably a lot of people who just disappear off into the woods and just mm-hmm. survive that way. Um, you're just not going to see them like you would see tons of people living on street corners in the city. You know, probably the more able, like the ones who, because I imagine like if you're in like the city, maybe okay, you might have like sources of food. Like I used to um, donate food to a group in a local town. They were called Friends in the Park, and every day they would cook food in the park in the middle of the, the small city town thing and all the homeless people come and they feed them um there was an issue where some people complained and the city tried to shut the whole thing down and like this huge i went to the courthouse when they had the hearing about it and you know there's a bunch of people there and they got a bunch of pushback and the city ended up letting them use a building that isn't occupied for like two hours in the afternoon that had lights and like chairs and like indoors and air conditioning and actually let them start doing that instead of serving outside which i thought was a really cool solution you know and i was pretty pleased that you know, you go and you expect them to be like, no, fuck these homeless people, get them out of our thing. And they ended up coming up with an amicable solution. So I thought that was kind of cool, you know, um, but at any rate, you know, there, those people had a source of food, you know, in that more urban area. So, you know, I could see them staying there, but, but you're right. Ones that just tend to take care of themselves um, probably would. Do you think that maybe like the, uh, there's like a mental health factor that would factor in with that too? People who might be more well, might be more off on their own versus folks in the city. Oh, I think that cost is going to come into that, too, because it is fucking expensive to live in, especially when you name the cities that are known for homeless issues, like getting a two bedroom apartment in San Francisco is like three fucking grand a month. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just go get, you know, a bullshit efficiency apartment for three to five hundred bucks in San Francisco that's not a thing. So you're, you're basically kneecapping the lower, the lower, uh, income tiers just by sheer amount of, uh, cost for housing, which is exacerbated by the fact that these are population centers. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can say that San Francisco and Oakland are two different places, but it's just a fucking bridge. They're right next to each other. Geographically, it's the same fucking place. 
And when you have millions of people in a county, you're going to see more homeless, just it, it's the percentage game. And when the cost of housing and the cost of living is so goddamn high, you're going to have more of it. Yeah. And it's not just that either. Like it's it's not just the price of the house as a monthly cost. It's first and last. It's security deposit. It's application fees to just get told no over and over and over again. It's everything um, in the city. It's food's more expensive. It's credit checks to make sure that your credit is good enough. It's the fact that you would have to also not only be looking for an apartment, but be gainfully employed because your income would have to be high enough. You can't just have enough money um, to to afford an apartment for a bit. Like you could you could win a, a small lottery and still be rejected for housing because you didn't have a good enough credit check or employment history or a current and present employment. So they said, well, you can't afford this place, even though you definitely fucking could. So the, the system just freezes out the fucking poor or anybody who has an alternative economic lifestyle. And once you're fucked, you're, you're ultimately pretty fucked. I would mm-hmm. say that's by design. Um, yeah. I think most of the system is set in place to benefit um, those with more wealth and power. So the, those with more wealth and power can accrue more wealth and power at the expense yes. of the poor. And so the homelessness is largely just a symptom of of that, of that exactly. Um, and that, that, that just gets worse and worse as time goes on. So An argument yeah. could be made that it's like modern day redlining. Only it's not on racial lines, it's on economic lines. Both, to be honest. I mean, if you want to freeze out a minority, you can freeze out the poor. I really think a a lot of racial stuff and debates and disputes are really more like a economic line thing. You know what I mean? It's like I've lived in white ghettos, I've lived in black ghettos, and like they're, you know, like they're it's 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 a poor people thing, you know what I mean? It's not like a black thing, you know. Um people should be class conscious for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, along those lines, you know, uh, much more so. The um, point I've made before is it's more it's more based on the discrimination happens more based on class and culture rather than race. It's just that um, certain minorities have been historically uh, stuck below the poverty line for various reasons. So it does seem like a, a racial basis, but it's actually you just don't fit the sort of upper middle class suburban American culture rather mm-hmm. Um, so, like, to um, to get uh, white kids living in a ghetto with a shitty uh, shitbox car um, with dreadlocks and weed smoke pouring out of the car are more likely to get hassled by the cops than, say, um, you know, a black family going to church in a nice, nice white SUV. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. fit the American uh, suburban mold is what the, the that culture is. What If you fit within that strict parameter, you're fine. If you do not, whether economically or culturally or whatever, then you're going to get hassled. Well, Um, the interesting thing about that would be like you start to look at the heritage of property and inheritance and you start to think that maybe a a lot of other people had like a head start and they had, you know, like their 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 parents and grandparents and their grandparents, grandparents had like more time to accrue property. So there's more likely going to be people who look like that white SUV if they aren't black. 
because they but, their families but, didn't have the generational wealth to maintain that lifestyle from the start. So they had to correct really straight to get only, it. Not only that, but it, they had laws against them to prevent them from gaining ec- economic status. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, black folks and even, you know, go back to the Chinese or the Irish, uh, the Irish Italians even. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you go back to Jim Crow laws that really Anybody Catholic prevented yeah catholics as well i mean so anybody that was not an anglo protestant had basically things cooked into the law to prevent them from gaining any sort of economic success or wealth or anything of the sort for generations so of Mm -hmm. course um a certain variety of white folks had a uh, a couple generations head start on um sort of generational wealth you know so yeah um, even on like a more micro scale like you know, some people like, okay, like if whatever, all my house and wealth were to just, just boop, like vanish, you know what I mean? It's like, I've lived in the same place a long time. I've got family around here. I've got friends. I'm, like I wouldn't be, if I needed a job, I could have four of them tomorrow. You know, I, I could have 10 couches to sleep on. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of in like a good place for that. And I think about it. I'm like, man, there are people out there who like don't have that, you know? And sometimes I try to not take it for granted, you know, <laughs> that, you know, I do, it'd be, it'd be a real poor, it'd, it'd really be a lot of bad situations combined to where I'd be outdoors, you know what I mean? Like, like forcefully, you know, and some people are just really just one or two bad days away, you know, from not having anybody to call, not having, you know, what have you, if you, you know, you moved and you're somewhere unfamiliar or you just don't have family, uh, you know, it can, it can really be a different world. So I try to be, you know, um, remember that, um, at the same time, um, now I'm going to play the, uh, I'm going to play the, uh, um, at the same time, there are, you know, what we might be able to find as bums, right. Who like can really like bother the hell out of me sometimes. So like, there's you, you guys know what I mean? The, the dude yelling on the corner right, has obvious mental problems, the person begging for change all day and, you know, driving you nuts or, or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I've definitely had, like, I've definitely forcefully removed somebody from property before, you know, um, now when I'm, managing a store and there's somebody sleeping in front of the front door and say, hey, excuse me, sir, would you mind shoving off, you know, politely? And they get up and turn around and start peeing on the front door. Uh, my patience runs a little thin, you know, for whatever situation you might be in, you know, that causes that to happen and you're getting evicted pretty quickly, you know? Um, so there are sort of, you know, like those, those kind of situations too. Do you, I'm going to assume, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm going to assume that you guys understand the difference of people when I say bum like that versus like non-bum right so let's say absence of like state and let's say like we have like you know things are inexpensive and um a lot more people who want to live indoors can but there still are people with um who can't take care of themselves be it mental issue or something like that um in like a stateless society like what are our solutions for that kind of thing um and do you think they exist as much so I would say first off that um, okay, so the state will, absent the state, things would be much easier, less costly, and you would have more choices, right? Mm-hmm. But also that also includes like um, the ability to arrange yourself uh, things in a, in a different way. So that might mean that even those with say what we would call mental illness now may have uh, um, an easier time of making uh Productive, uh, productive value for themselves. So uh, that so that this might not be a, even be an issue either, aside from very select cases. So like um, 
I would say that if somebody has some slight mental issues in the current society, um, this is also coupled, coupled with economic hardship. So if you remove those things, it could be very well be that somebody has, you know, some mild case of even schizophrenia or something, but is still able to care for themselves, uh, both economically and high functioning, able to be high functioning. Right. Um, you know, and then there's going to be cases where this is not true, obviously, and we can mm -hmm. figure out, you know, various mutual aid societies and, and uh, charitable organizations to help those that uh, cannot take care of themselves. Um, those sorts of things are crowded out currently due to the state welfare system. Mm -hmm. um, but we could very easily take care of all, all of these people, uh, no problem. In most cases, it's actually illegal to do so. Uh, it's illegal to take care of these people um, outside of state avenues. So, um, yeah, there's many examples. There was a guy in Florida, the 90 year old like veteran who got arrested like a dozen times um, feeding, uh, feeding the homeless. Uh, you know, that was one of the most hope, uh, high profile ones. It's like we we're talking about the, it, it's tiny houses are legal. You know what I mean? Like they, they just don't, you know, they, if you wanted to have a tiny house and house homeless people at your own, you know, a home, a tiny house village at your own expense and house homeless people, that's like illegal in most places. So, you know, they directly criminalize that aid for sure. Not only that, but everything down to building codes, like why mm -hmm. the fuck can you not build a house that's less than 2000 square feet? I've got three fucking kids. I don't need 2000 square feet. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they make it so that you can't live economically or you can't live the way you choose to live. How, how is a tiny house any different than a, a small camper? It, it's not. And in many ways it's fucking better, but because of, you know, and of course we all know it's the state said no and they will send men with guns if you dare to not uh, acquiesce. We all know that, but <clears throat> if, if we're looking for root causes, I mean, if you choose to live at uh, below like your means, like say I can afford this, but the state says no, so fuck it, I guess I'll just be homeless. I think that that there's there's a part of it that's that as well if you were allowed to just build yourself a 10 by 20 structure and start your homestead like somebody i know here you know why is that a fucking problem there i i can't see well, the the rationale for it and of course it's not a problem but the state wants to create problems so that they have their problem reaction solution model we have a homelessness problem. This homelessness problem is so bad, isn't it, guys? And then they're like, yeah, well, what, what, what can be done about homelessness? And we couldn't do anything about homelessness without the state. So we're going to ask you what can be done about homelessness. And then the state's just like, huh, here are our prepackaged solutions. And the solutions don't solve shit. Like, mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't create any sort of, like, prosperity. They don't like house the homeless and here's here's just just because i have to and because i'm an asshole and i'm going to make this about this as well uh they gave 60 billion dollars to ukraine uh this year alone and uh the ukrainian nazis are selling a lot of the weapons that they used because the the money that they gave was like to like fund the the military industrial complex right 
So the money that they gave funded the military industrial complex. They gave that money to those weapons manufacturers and like, you know, aid manufacturers, like producers of equipment and, and you know, rations and shit like that, um, it was structures, whatever, what have you. And then they said, here's your aid package, Ukraine, after they boosted that part of the economy so that all those people are doing awesome while the S&P tanks and the Dow Jones is regularly down and so many other fucking things. Um, And they did all this um, while, uh, you know, (laughs) massively spiking police presences like 30 billion dollars for the Safer America plan and 30 billion dollars more for this year alone and billions from covid funding to the you know the um the police for their like uh, there's this cops hiring program that gets people in on essentially entry-level civilian work um and so he wanted more people for that and so he was like let's hire more people for that we'll send tens of billions of covid money to that and so all these things that are getting tens of billions of dollars and Ukraine selling like these weapons that the U.S. gives them to other countries because that's how they make money. And it's really about profit and control, not about saving jack fucking anybody. Um, you know, what's that Tupac line? <laughs> cash rules everything money. around me. No, no, that's, that's okay. <laughs> they got okay, money yeah. for war, but they got no money for the poor. That's that's what that's all it is, man. It's yeah, a, lots of little. There's, no, mo- there's no money to be made in, in, in helping the homeless. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's no money. There's no profits well, there. There's no vested interest to pay off there. The, you know what I mean? The reason I brought all that up is because it's estimated that all we need is 20 billion annually to house all the homeless and deal with their problems. 20 billion, if properly, I would allocated. say even that's inflated. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if if we're real about this. The state is spending more money killing people than keeping them alive. <laughs> and that is pretty much the entire state encapsulated, if you Par ask for the me. course. And I mean, of course, when we talk about the military industrial complex, how many homeless people are veterans, you know? Um, so like, you know, it's not like I want the state to do something, but it's kind of upsetting when they're not taking a sending people. I, I am forever grateful that there are dudes, young men and women who are willing to fight and die they think for my freedom and my life and my family, I am forever grateful for that. I hate that that is so badly abused by the state. You know what I mean? Because of, of course, very few conflicts, if any, right, <laughs> would have arisen where they would have actually had to go do that, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's very upsetting when A, they're sent to places that are unnecessary, but B, when they're not taken care of, you know, um, uh, properly. Again, not that I want the state to spend, spend a bunch of money, but it's um, especially a, uh, upsetting i think um well, go ahead i wanted to examine one part of this because i've heard it come up a couple times here and it's always kind of stuck in my craw um <clears throat> as a person who has been homeless and as a person who has been diagnosed with these mental conditions that are oh so big and scary like oh you know you're you're bipolar yes yes i am Oh, you have schizophrenic tendencies? Sure, sure I do. Um, When I was homeless, my choices may have led me there, but it's not like I didn't know how to fix it. Now, I can't speak for everybody. I'm simply speaking for myself here. If somebody had looked at me and gone, no, you need counseling. No, motherfucker, I don't. What I need 
is uh, four walls and a cot and some fucking food. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> and I need you to fuck all the way off over there and leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a problem <laughs> because of that. So when you say, you know, take care of these people, a lot of them are are doing what they want to do. And if it doesn't, where I draw the line is like what you were saying, property rights still matter. If I'm dropping a deuce in front of your business, you have every right to be pissed off at me. And anybody that's shitting on Nancy Pelosi's driveway deserves a medal. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, that's a good start. That's a good start. If if you've done it, give me a call. We'll have you on the show. Especially like, you know, if especially if since she's just going to profit off the cleanup business anyway, because she's profits (laughs) off government institutions, the stocks will go up a little. My my point with this little rant was to be cognizant of what you mean when you say take care of them, because one of the worst things you could do to me is force me into therapy. Mm -hmm. I've read all those Mm -hmm. books. They didn't fucking help me having some soft handed fucking idiot that spent, you know, 12 years in school. Tell me what those books say. I've read those books. Okay. (laughs) I don't want your drugs. I don't want your help. I have to live this life. I have to deal with my head and you're not helping me. And there's a shocking amount of people like me that therapy doesn't help. Sometimes you just got to yeah, work through well, shit, man. It takes and, time. And, and like, just to, just to tack on to what you were saying, A, uh, also bipolar, and I'm bipolar one, which is the schizoaffective kind of, you know, hey, you're a little on edge. We don't like you um, mentality. Um, so, like, I, I get that as well. And also, I lived in a car for two weeks um, once and then was in a shelter not too long later. I I had um, fetched up on some rough times due to economic and other circumstances, we'll say. And so I was I was, you know, taking government assistance for years. And one of the things like and this was like a while ago, like certainly over it, it was you know, a part of my life that is no longer here. I haven't been on government assistance for years, but like the point is that like, you know, generally um, they package dealed it. It was, it, it's a way to get all their industrial complexes up and going and keep them going. So like, for instance, the shelter program demanded that I go to counseling uh, which is where they found out I was bipolar, which that is the one useful thing, because once I found out I was bipolar and looked up all the ways you can manage that in your own life, it made things easier. But I didn't need a therapist to tell me anything other than that. And they still wanted me on pills, which I rejected. Um, it's a package deal because they've got big pharma. They've got like that the the uh, sheltering thing so that they can say that we need more money for these programs they've got the desire and incentive to keep people perpetually in it so i had to do a bunch of like prerequisites and requirements to get any of it at all ever and then like all of this stuff um like adds up to a massively profitable industry where everybody's just sort of butt buddies with one another and like you know nobody's actually helping people except like a very select few of them percentile wise. And 
it's all designed to to control the way you think in order to control the way you are because their theory is because they rely on the state that if we just control people enough they will get back reintegrated into the system um and so they 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 get people in these programs they tell them to get help as though the, the programs didn't help enough and now we need to give you psychological help and treat you like shit if you don't do what we say um or just be a cop knowing that you're in one of these programs and that if we want to kick the shit out of somebody or search them for drugs we can probably find them on this guy that constantly goes into that building um you know <laughs> uh all these things sort of coalesce to create a system that not only doesn't get people into the, into houses of their own reliably but keeps them in these shelters reliably perpetually reliant on the system in order to even get the baseline benefits it's sort of like where like um i i lived for a bit because it was cheap and because like my work that i was doing didn't make me much money i lived in a sober living facility um and it was like it it, it wasn't government thing it was just it was an apartment complex that people bought and part of the requirements were that i had to um like go to a weekly alcoholics anonymous meeting and i've never been an alcoholic not once That's but, they, <laughs> but they still said i needed to go because if i didn't go it wouldn't look good because if i didn't go it wouldn't look good to their program numbers i have to i had to go and that was like that, that sort of thing that sort of mentality of we have to make our numbers look good uh in order to help you um you know yeah meanwhile my my roommates are like you know totally absolutely not sober and like i regularly find like bloody heroin on the on the ceiling and walls from when they aerate the needle you know it's not helping anyone when these programs aren't Awful. designed to help people mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I, i've lived a life you <laughs> it's know it's not um... helpful uh, to these people if you don't help them first and then worry about your numbers later but it's all about state funding and they don't care about help mm -hmm. they care about their numbers and making their programs look good at the end of the fiscal year that that's that's way true and that's what i think of when i see like um summertime school lunch programs I'm like that isn't to help poor kids that's to help cheney brothers food distribution you know what i mean who supplies all the all the schools so they don't have to miss a check over the summer um i uh i want to switch uh switch it up a little bit here i'm going to lead us in and then sec i want you to uh, to start us off here so i want to talk a little bit about like uh squatting uh with a question mark is how i have it on my notes um but so uh you know when I'll talk to people like, uh, you know, like mutualists, for instance, you know, and on the face of it, you, you know, I'm like, no, I'm allowed to own private property. And, you know, but they're like, no, no, no. Look, there, there used to be this like family in Mexico that owned like two thirds of the country. Like, that's insane. And I'm like, yeah, that is insane. You don't get that much land, you know, without being shady or doing something non-voluntary. So I'm all for like, if you have, you know, um, legally acquired private property to say, hey, sorry, don't camp here. Um, one of the things though, that I think does suck is that let's say you don't mind if some people camp out on your property, you know, again, because of the state, you kind of face like liability, right. If something were to like happen right on your property. So it kind of makes it harder to like want people to, uh, to do that. Um, we've definitely when like me and my dad, we used to go like camping a lot and we'd take like my boat 
and we'd go on like a four day trip, like down a river. And sometimes we just stop and camp on the side of the river. We didn't know if it was a state park. We didn't know if it was private property. We've had it be private property and the property owner shows up and says, Hey, what's going on here? And we're like, Oh, we're just camping out. And he looks around and sees that we've cleaned up and, you know, we're responsible. And he goes, cool. Just don't leave a mess. Have a nice day. You know what I mean? And that's, that's super cool. Um, but what, um, what, uh, I don't know what the specific question is here, but, um, what, uh, uh, what do you think about the stuff like that? Like, uh, squatting, not squatting, um, finding a place to live, you know, to, I mean, homesteading isn't really legally homesteading isn't really an option anymore. So how do you go about morally finding a place to, uh, to hang out if you're looking to, uh, to live under the grid? I'll, well, I'll um, leave that to you too to start. I've got some. Yeah, I, I, I want Sec to start us off on that one. So, we what exists now? Going back to the mutualist thing, what exists now is nothing close to a libertarian property norm. Right. So we have um, a, a sort of a legal system that has incentivized a certain uh, property arrangement. Um, that where the cost of the security of, of that property and dispute resolution is socialized over the entire population. So like an example, you brought up the family in Mexico, but I often bring up uh, Ted Turner. Ted Turner owns something like 8 million acres in, in the United States. Bring up Bill Gates. He owns mm-hmm. 10 million acres of farmland. The most in farmland in Currently, the world. We, right. All of that is legally protected, right? So that means we pay for the security of Bill Gates' property. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? You follow me so oh, yeah. far? So this incentivizes a, um, more absentee ownership of property because the su- cost of security is socialized over the co- uh, entire population because we're all paying that through taxation. It's a, um, it's like a, a we're pooling our collective resources in a sense. So we're paying for Bill Gates' property. Now, you might say that um, that something uh, absentee ownership might exist in a, a free society under Lockheed and homesteading, and I might agree with you, but um, currently that is skewed too far in one direction because of interve- an intervention into the uh, what you might call the, the market property or property arrangements. Um, so the incentive, uh, the incentives are in place to where uh, more people are owning absentee ownership because everyone is paying for it. So this is not technically legitimate, even under li- libertarian property theory or any kind of any kind of libertarian property theory, not, whether that's Lockean homesteading um, or uh, more use of fraud property no- norms like mutualism, especially just- given how he made the money. Yes, and also most of the, their wealth that they bought from this is made through state means as well. So it, you get into sort of a moral gray area in the sense that their property claims are not legitimate. This is a legal fiction as it currently exists. I'm not talking about necessarily your grandmother's house that uh, you know she worked for, she and your grandfather worked for, and and bought a house, and that's sort of, that. I'm talking about large scale absentee ownership is uh, not legitimate and entirely a state construction. So I have no moral issue with um, if, pick your poison, if Lockheed Martin has an abandoned factory, I have no issue with people squatting in that. I don't believe it to be a legitimate, a legitimate property holding to begin with. And um, it, there, I, don't, I don't think there's any moral issue. Um, if you can find me like an individual property, uh, 
claim, like somebody's house or whatever, that then yes, you, I mean, you have the right to remove them from your home. Um, but I think there's uh, plenty of examples that uh, you could go through um, sort of like large corporate absentee holdings that I don't think are legitimate to begin with. And um, I see no problem with squatting on those, especially when you get into like a uh, it's often popular in urban settings for people to gorilla garden on abandoned lots when nobody has uh, improved the material conditions of those lots in uh, 20 years, they've been essentially abandoned. I think that fits abandonment criteria and they're they're uh, to me though, they're uh, legitimately homesteading that. Also uh, like, you know, just to be clear from my pers- my particular perspective with which Daggerist is uh, familiar and, you know, he's had his views on it before i wouldn't mind if people went to an existing and running lockheed martin factory and uh i i wouldn't mind if they went to an existing and running lockheed martin factory and uh hibiscus flower i hope they i I mean i hope they steal the and burn down the house of the lockheed martin ceo i would be perfectly happy (laughs) with that I think people should regularly take shits on Lockheed Martin CEO's uh, doorsteps. Um, I think you should sabotage Lockheed Martin property. I don't think they have any legitimate holdings. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there. I was yeah. just kind of using the abandoned factory as a. As oh, a, uh, oh, I get it. I just I had to throw that in there. But go ahead, yes. keep on going. I'm gonna let no, you finish. I, I think but... I was done. I, I don't remember where I was going. I think I was well, done and, anyway. And and sometimes you might think it's like okay, let's say you do like let's say you whatever own a building and you come up and find you know you go to fix it up and find out some people have been living in it or something like. There is also the thing of just you can just not be a dick about it. You can be like instead of like calling the cops to have them arrested, you can be like hey guys like I'm fixing this place up would you mind moving on you know what i mean like a lot of this is just not being an asshole to people too you know um as well what uh you got any thoughts on uh the squatting paradigm gonzo yeah um when i was living out of my car um one of my favorite things to do was uh i don't know how it is across the country i know that like when you hit iowa and shit it's nothing but fields there aren't woods separating the fields but here in ohio there's typically you know 100 acres and then there's some woods and then there's another you know 100 acres of farm field and the neat thing about that is farmers put in dirt roads on at least one side of their field and it can go back half mile off the road it's access for them to get their equipment back there So one of my favorite things to do if I wanted to be left alone was to drive down one of these access roads. I'd throw a tarp over my car, hang my hammock and have a little campsite. And I'd stay there for a week, maybe two weeks, not too fucking long because I, I didn't want to run into, Oh, you can't be here. Or they called the sheriff instead of just telling me to fuck off themselves. Like that was not what I wanted. I, I tried to stay gray man wherever I could. I mean, I, I tried, uh, <clears throat> there are a lot, this is the rust belt. There are a lot of old abandoned, uh, foundries, factories, all, all manner of just these huge mile long buildings with nothing in them. I've gotten in there, parked my car in there and just camped in a building that was in the winter. That was not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> um 
while I do respect property rights, if a property owner came and said, Hey, listen, man, you can't fucking be here. Shit, dude. I'm sorry. Let me get my shit and get out of your hair. But, um, state land, I, I, I stayed on state land. I stayed, um, like I said, in abandoned factories a couple times, there was an abandoned school once, you know, you, you, when it comes to a matter of survival, morality is second place. You, ha- you have to take mm-hmm. care of your hierarchy of needs before you can really worry about being moral. And I'd say as long as you aren't harming somebody to do it, I have no problem with it. Yeah, well, and also, so, okay, two sort of addendums in general here. The first thing is that the state creates the problem and then maintains it. Because the thing is, like, so first off, all that other stuff I said uh, before about how the state is the state has unnecessary barriers to to entry and maintenance of these positions and assistance. God, I hate that term because you're not fucking helping me by telling me I have to spend half my day doing bullshit and jumping through hoops like a good little doggy and then maybe get a also corporate job to jump through their hoops in order to get back up. You're not helping me when you do that. Leave me the fuck alone. Let me run my program and maybe I'll have time to join the workforce, bitch. Um, But so there's that. Um, Then there's the fact that like they create the problem by creating these conditions by which existing people who have houses are drowned out. They lost their job. Their job was subsidized by the state. So they this when when that money dried up, they lost that they're they're their houses were hit by hurricanes <laughs> their fucking earthquakes you know forest fires in california caused by pg and e state sponsored you know fucking energy companies you know the tesla factory caught on fire and one of the lithium ion batteries exploded too much and my hit and my house got hit by the blaze you know uh like all these economic conditions swallowing around or just inflation pricing you out of the markets for literally everything. Or, you know, I was in war and now I or like I was in war. I was a, I was a soldier and now there aren't wars now for a moment. So we will have to we'll have to figure that out, you know, at least the war I was in. And the only thing I know is war or I was locked up as a kid And I'm a felon now and I can't get access to the employment market. So I didn't have a job from the start because the state penalized me from square fucking one. Um, You know, like not me personally. I'm just like, these are all hypotheticals. Um, (laughs) Just waxing here. And then then, like add to all of that. Here's some facts. There are 33 empty properties for each homeless person in the US. Since 2010, the number of empty properties per homeless person has increased 24%. Nationally, 12.3% of housing units in 2018 were fucking vacant. In 2019, 555,672 US citizens were confirmed homeless. Since 2010, there has been a 7. Point, since 2010, there's been a 7.2% increase in the vacant housing units. Uh, latest figures reveal there are 16,987,623 vacant homes in the U.S. In 2019, this is all from self.com, by the way. In 2019, California had a homeless um, 
population exceeding 151,000. That's more than 18 times the homeless average across all other states. California also had 1.2 million, million empty properties in 2018. In 2018, probably more now because of the, all the evictions. Uh, that's more than nine empty properties per homeless person. 63% across the country believe they are at risk of being homeless if they lose their income, with 49% having less than one month's worth of savings to pay their rent mortgages. And by the way, that gets worse every time the government fucks over the economy because yeah. your income buys less, Biden, and your fucking gas prices, and your, oh, we have to go away from Russia in order to advance our cause, the human rights champion of the world, Saudi fucking Arabia, while we shut down our own domestic pipelines. Um, good for you, Biden. You did it. Um, and then uh, millions at risk of being homeless with 51% thinking they'll lose their jobs as a result of the pandemic. This was written around then. So, yeah, it's fucking bad. And the state makes it worse. Mm. And the pandemic isn't what lost their job. It's the lockdowns. So it's yet more of these things. And then you want to talk the mental health issues. The state made all those worse, too. Like I wrote that article, 10 ways the U.S. government's pandemic response is making your making your health worse, worsening your health. It's, it's not good. None of this is good. And it self feeds. It self perpetuates. It creates the problem and then prevents people from even solving it in most cases and then has an artificially created solution on top of it. Good for you, government. You're really helping us. You really helped me there when you mentioned the hurricane, because I remember now what made me want to do this episode was the um, my uh, my roommate. He works down in the Fort Myers area where um, Ian like did the most damage. And he was telling me after he could finally go back to work because the roads were so destroyed, he could get down there um, that for like miles and miles, like the Walmarts and grocery stores, the parking lots are filled with tents because all the people whose homes destroyed. Half, they're living in Walmart parking lots now in tents. And that got me thinking about, yeah, like the definition of home. Like, well, these people were very well homed, <laughs> you know, in a lot of cases, they were very well off. You know, they had very nice homes and very nice places that are now completely destroyed. Um, and now they're kind of fucking homeless, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm not I don't mean to be laughing about it. Uh, I guess it's more the irony. A lot of these people also didn't have very nice homes. But um, but uh, but that's what made me um, think about um bringing us together to talk about this um so thank you for reminding me of that i'm like man i knew there was something significant <laughs> I think that's um, an important point uh mm -hmm. I, that maybe we could empathize with these people a little mm -hmm. bit because we're it's like you said before we're maybe only a couple shitty days away from being those people you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it dangling uh, on a fucking razor's edge yo yeah, mm -hmm. and like jeremiah said i mean the more the uh, the state fucks over the economy uh, the more likely that that possibly is, um, you know, we might be driving wheelbarrows of dollar bills to the store to get, buy food before too long. The so, mocked. Yes, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, Germany. With these people are us, except they just had a couple more shitty days, shittier days than we have. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't really been homeless for too long. I've I've crashed on some couches before in my life, but. Um, it could it could happen to any one of us. So I think, um, I think the the only uh, the only good move is for us to um, to try to do what we can as individual mm -hmm. people, 
because obviously the state is not going to um, do anything about it. And I think a little human empathy uh, with these people is good and we can, we can do what we can. This human is also- empathy. Are you communist? <laughs> I'm a communist. Yeah. And um, then, uh, said, let's let's hold, I'm going to pause you one second because this is an excellent yeah, soft no no ex, this is an excellent soft segue into exactly what I wanted to go into switch to which is solutions I just want to say short of dismantling the state because obviously we know that's you know the ideal right but short of that in the in the real world we live in what what can slash should we be doing and I love your point about empathy because yes you know I sometimes it's easy to be annoyed you know or whatever at a homeless person or something but it's it really is no matter what they're having a worse day than i am so yeah and of um, course by the way just to reference our own property because i'm you know shameless marketer there's going to be an episode coming out that was like backlogged for a bit after this one uh where dag and i have a have a a tete-a-tete about fucking price gouging so tune into that one as well (laughs) absolutely um so um so yeah so i'm sorry sec uh, go go ahead with what you were saying but i feel like you're gearing towards a practical solution so if you could talk on that that'd be great well here's a a sort of a a meta-analysis of the situation so to speak so we keep saying that the state uses homeless folks as a political football as an excuse to justify their own existence without actually solving the problem while creating and not solving, yeah. Yes, well, well, either creating or exacerbating the problem as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the state is using this to justify their own existence. Now, people in times of crisis will also clamor for state protection. So these are two problems that currently exist. So if we can, on an individual and community basis, solve their problem for them, we cease to... Uh, we we end the need or the justification for the state's existence by improving people's material conditions on the ground. So not only is this um, just like a, a good thing to do from an, a human and empathetic position, but it's also a very practical solution to achieving a stateless society by removing mm-hmm. the material basis for having a state system. Wouldn't you rather sense. throw that money, time and effort at voting in electoral politics though? Yes, I also I also like spending my time pissing in a fan. Um, <laughs> yes. Paul Paul Bush is down here. That's the that's the dangerous one. Um, no, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll form a caucus. We'll do awesome this time. Anyway, go ahead. Well, hey, so so a, a great point though on that too is because it's not just that you're throwing the money like the political system, but it isn't something like only twenty percent of like the money that like like it, they use eighty percent of the money in just the overhead of facilitating the quote-unquote charity or aid to get it to the person so if it's a hundred thousand dollars in tax money although is it even tax money or print it doesn't matter the tax money it's only twenty thousand is actually making it to the the end source which is worse than most of even the worst charities which me and jeremiah talked about i think maybe on that same episode but a previous episode here too yeah about getting all this backlog done by the end of the week yeah, uh, the best and most effective use of your time and money is just to go, I mean, go make sandwiches and give them to the homeless. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like bread and food is cheap, is pretty cheap. You go make some soup, bring it down there. Um, that uh, form a little like uh, a group of people in your community and just go help out those in need. Do a, a, a clothing drive or whatever, they, find out what those people need and give it to them. 
Um, this is a much better use of your time and resources if you would like to help these people than say, uh, um, you know, state solutions or even, even uh, charities. Um, or at least if you're going to give to charity, you don't have time to do those things. At least vet the charity that you're giving mm -hmm. to and find out. Food not bombs. Great. Food not bombs is probably my, that's, yeah, that's my only one I would ever suggest really. And, um, and also like, don't, okay, here's, here's the thing that I just like remembered to say, if you're going to run one of these things where you're like, um, you know, feeding or clothing the homeless or whatever, the state wants to maintain the homeless problem. They're evil pieces of shit. They're like demons in human skin and like you know I, I mean that in the most sincere way possible because if you go to one of these places where you're just sitting in a park with your car they will stop you whereas if you want this to work better what you should really do is run it gray and you should try to have these these things be like mobile so try to get a van together and distributed like based on addresses of people who need it like meals on wheels or something like that instead of being a single target because if you're a single target the state is going to come and bleach your food the state is going to come and steal your clothing because they can't verify that it's clean clothing or whatever um it's evil. i agree these people are disgusting and evil i've got it even if you're if you're very much worried about that i've got a better one for you just go Before. start covertly planting food. Yes. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Um, that is a solution that I've been doing for a long time. Um, it, it just I start planting food where I know homeless people congregate. So there's just food growing wild. They, they can't. I mean, yes, the cops might eventually go, you know, crush that particular plot of land or the crops in this one area. But you've been planting seeds everywhere all over for years and they can't they it's it'd be very hard to catch you doing that and um it actually takes that would take less time and resources from you than actually going down and handing out sandwiches so right. you just sprinkle a packet of seeds somewhere with some and they've got you know thousands or, of tomatoes growing or, mm -hmm. or whatever the beans or whatever the thing and um, that's an even if you're worried about the state crushing you because they are evil fucking bastards and probably demons both literally and figuratively um they will like you said they'll bleach food they'll throw you in jail for doing it they'll uh crush you they'll beat the shit out of you um and probably the homeless that are there just trying to get something to eat so it, kelly uh, thomas yep um so yeah if that's something it, you're it, worried about i would say both plant, plant by the way food. Mm. what I would say both. Like if you wanted to form an organization like this, for instance, you could have one sort of unit or multiple units devoted to guerrilla gardening around your city and then have certain units devoted to like actually like addressing the, the current conditions on the ground by handing out donated food and shit. Um, to me, like a synergistic approach of doing both would be like the superior one, because then they'll have the food later and they have the food now and they might be able to get like a little bit of established or at least not do silly things like die. So multi-pronged yep. is always the way to go. Yes. Mm -hmm. What about you, Gonzo? You got any uh, practical solutions? It's hard to follow um, sec, I know. <clears throat> ah, it, it, it's good. He's our he ladies and gentlemen, anarchist johnny appleseed 
By the way, speaking <laughs> of seeds, get your seeds at agorastakers.com. They yep. have fast shipping and great packaging. <laughs> um, Nex- <laughs> Nexus 10 for 20% off uh, your order and 20% goes to the uh, Nexus as well. So you'll be supporting yeah. agorist content like this. That's goddamn yeah, just, right. Yeah, just re- um, regular Nexus is the 20% one. And it is 20% now after today. I got our first order using it. And apparently I had it set to $20 off, not 20%. Um, so uh, uh, you're, uh, <laughs> that, that order is getting a pretty good deal there. But yeah, I right? have addressed it and now it is 20%. <laughs> Um, so, um, as, so yeah. as far as practicality goes, um, I think a lot of it, it depends on the individual because everybody likes to go on about the homeless issue in California. And it is an issue. I saw San Francisco in TV. the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco in the 1990s is completely different from San Francisco. Now there is a problem, but There are also places in California where this all kind of ties together with the squatting and everything. There's an abandoned Air Force base in the desert that they call Slab City. Mm -hmm. And people will go there and they will set up semi-permanent residences there and live relatively unmolested. Like it's it's a known thing. You can find Mm -hmm. it on YouTube. But it's an abandoned Air Force base that has turned into a uh, otherwise homed city. And, you know, if that's the lifestyle you want to live and you want community, maybe seek out things like that. It's better than a fucking overpass, at least right. in my opinion. Especially um, in the desert, because that's like around the area I was. So that's hard living (laughs) yeah i mean slab city is an interesting example like no it doesn't solve all these problems but if you want to live more unmolested than you would in the city i would consider that um and the state usually leaves it alone because it's way out in the middle of fucking nowhere so right um the as far as practicality goes i am completely on the same page with sec um what i would posit is that if you want to help you don't need to build an organization from the ground up you don't need to even garden you can go to people who already do garden and go hey listen the the produce that is too ugly for you to sell can I, would you like to donate that to help feed the homeless? Mm-hmm. And like, you can find somebody to distribute that. You don't have to build a distribution network. I've been a lifelong atheist, not a, not a fan of organized religion myself, but I found a church with a very down to earth pastor who likes to feed people and monster jail him go ahead sorry right so my plan is to grow an abundance garden and to talk to the organic amish farmers around where i'm at and give this church a whole fuck bunch of food to distribute to poor and hungry people because they know where the fuck they're at and my introverted ass doesn't have to put up with any of it All I have to do is grow the food, give it to the Christians, and the Christians will feed the hungry people. Like, this this works out. Like Breaking Bad, Walter White being like, you know, I'll handle the production, you handle the distribution. (laughs) 
exactly dude i don't want to fucking deal with people i don't like people people Mm -hmm. irritate the fuck out of me i don't want to see them go hungry (laughs) you know what i mean so i will let the people that get off on feeding the hungry people do that and i'll provide them with the food that's where i fit in Mm -hmm. you don't have to solve the whole problem by your goddamn self is the point i'm trying to make maybe you are the person that wants to go out with lunch sacks and sandwiches and give them to hungry people you find in the street. I work 60 hours a week. I don't have time to do that. I'm going to grow a garden for my family regardless. So if I scale up the garden that I grow, or I throw an extra 20 meat birds in the tractor that are strictly for this program, that's me doing my part. And, you know, thankfully i'm past the homeless part in my life i have a good job i make good money and i can afford to pay some amish girl like two dollars a bird to gut and de-feather and package my birds to give to the church to give the hungry people and i'm more than willing to do that philanthropy yeah we actually had um sea traffic uh on well we like on a different show uh we had sea traffic on and we're gonna try to get the free knots on relatively soon here um and he was talking about living in an amish community well with an amish community not in it uh now and he says that it's like some of the closest he's ever ever gotten to like living anarchist um so we'll probably be getting uh him and and the free knots on relatively soon so i um, i live in one of the largest amish communities in the world and they do live the the ancapistan in their head they absolutely do live it which is great because whenever somebody says you're just living in it in your head you can just point at somebody else actually doing it and be like shut the fuck up (laughs) Yeah, I've got fucking Jebediah next door. Don't fucking tell me (laughs) that you can't live without state intervention. This motherfucker is doing it. Mm. And, you know, I. It's the mentality of a bitch. It's why most of them switch over GOP instead of just like standing their ground. (laughs) As far as I go, I enjoy fast cars and drugs and debauchery far too much to be Amish, even if I do have the beard for it. Um, (laughs) the fact is sec was right earlier on when he said that the solution to this is community oriented and we can rail against the government and regulations and laws and everything else that stands in the way, or you can go plant food everywhere you walk because somebody else is going to walk behind you and that motherfucker might be hungry. If you're going to grow a garden, double the size or 50% more the size (laughs) with the plan that you're going to give that fucking food away. Also, like the animals are going to distribute your seeds, too. So it's not just you. It's like once you provide provide the earth with that, the earth will multiply it. If you if you enjoy hunting, hunting, there's programs, hunters for the hungry. You know, maybe one deer you harvest this year goes to feed fucking hungry people. There are ways that you can do what you enjoy and still help these people because everybody's got to fucking eat. Regardless maybe of how they choose. Eat some of those carrots you planted. Maybe so. <laughs> um, everybody has to eat. Not everybody has to live the way that you think that they should or want mm-hmm. them to. But they've all got to eat. So start there. 
because I'll tell you, sleeping in an 88 Lincoln Town car, I've lived in shittier apartments. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I, I had it great. <laughs> I, I'm like laid back on leather, stretching out. Like, Hey, it ain't no me, import. <laughs> right. Me, me living in a Lincoln Town car, not a bad deal. I was mm-hmm. a single man. I had women to see and drugs to do and booze to drink. And I was living my best life in my Lincoln Town car. It wasn't bad. I still got fucking hungry. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not everybody wants to go to a shelter. Some people have their nice little hut in the woods, and all they want to do is cook some food and relax. Shelter sounds terrifying. I can understand if, like, you're a woman and had kids or something, but man, I would much rather be in the woods than, you know, pretty much anywhere else if I was in a situation like that, probably. Yeah. And um, also, like, to be clear, um, a lot of these people were put there by the state. Like, for instance, let's just talk about one manifestation of mental health thing. Uh, Jerry has a productive job, but his his car got stopped because he looked a little suspicious. And now the cops have searched his car and found some weed. Um, so they 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 lock him up. And then, like, decades later, Biden says we should pardon marijuana offenders, but only federal marijuana offenders. So he's not affected by that decision. Um, So he's still in prison watching everybody call Biden the guy who made the crime bill that put him in prison to begin with um, a hero for the for for the drug community. And then while all this is happening, uh, you know, like all these addicts. mm, all these addicts are like sort of dwindling down toward like poverty and below because the state has black marketed all this prohibition has created the, the ripe ample fucking circumstances for all of these things to be just as bad as they are. And so then they blame people and stigmatize drug use um, who are addicted despite having created the conditions that created the addiction because people don't want to live in this fucking society. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to, they might as well adapt. Um, and then creating the the hostile conditions by which addicts are treated, which worsens the problem and doesn't help either. And then like, so they they create these conditions, right? And then they force people out of their homes and force them into worse economic conditions and they're homeless. And then they say, look at all these homeless drug addicts. Look at all these homeless drug addicts doing all these homeless drug addict things. We've got to stop them and jail them and, you know, beat the fuck out of them. And so these people find bandos, like abandoned buildings, where they're just going to go up and, you know, it's there's graffiti all over the walls. There are people dying. Um, and these people just, it's, it's a giant flop house. It's abandoned property, which could be used for more productive purposes, Um, but instead is being used for those purposes because the state has criminalized it to the point where a lot of these people who were in better conditions are now not in good conditions and like to where these properties have to exist in sort of the cover of darkness in order to give these people a place to shoot up because there's no safe injection sites or to light up their fucking crystal or their fucking rock you know like there's so many examples of of just people in these situations where they're like the state created the problem to begin with and now is like 
penalizing people who are trying to get to a better place and then saying, hey, look at all these homeless people. Look at all these numbers of homeless people. Look at all these numbers that we totally had nothing to do with making and keeping there. Uh, we should really do something about us, let, uh, about them. Let us steal more money from you and get further in debt to chain you to, all to the system more to perpetuate the cycle again. It's and and so then then when people are like you know I'm I'm out I want nothing to do with this then the state gets their group thing mentality that they trained in people from school children to say hey yeah mock those people treat them like shit um treat them like garbage ignore them on the street don't give them any help any way anywhere anyhow and then there are people like the the late Rothbardians and the paleo libertarians who are just like, let's uh, unleash the cops on these people because their lives aren't already hard enough. So the libertarian solution to this is so oftentimes anti-libertarian, not actually addressing the root causes of these things, not asking these people what they want or treating them like people at all. And, you know, you end up with, the state being hostile, a lot of people who lie about libertarian uh, being libertarian being hostile, and these people might be a little bit agitated and feel the need to shit on your driveway. Um, that okay, cu a couple things. Um, one, I wasn't sure if um we were going to go there, but since you uh, dipped your toe in the water, we'll talk about the homeless playground thing here in a second, and then we'll we'll start winding down here. Um, I wanted to touch on um. I like what everybody said. I do believe that, um, you know, local is definitely the best thing you can do. If there's somebody in your immediate area who needs help, help them, you know, right? Like you see so many people who are just, you know, we need to vote for this or that bill because of this or that. And it's like, just you do it like you fucking do it, you know, like your shirt sack, do it yourself. Right. Um, so like um, that's that, that's definitely the way to go. And sometimes it can be a challenge to do like all the parts of it. So when we first started doing the garden here years ago, tons of extra veggies. If you have a garden, you always have extra veggies. And my challenge was finding people to get them to. They obviously have a short shelf life, uh, et cetera. So I talked to the mother-in-law who is a church goer. And I was like, Hey, you got a line on some poor people for me. You know, like, and it felt like a weird thing to say, but it's like, how do I find these people? And she hooked me up with the lady, like a, a, I was talking about earlier the friends in the park program where they every day directly fed homeless people so i could either give the veggies to them or i could just go there and give them directly to the homeless people at like 4 30 every day you know so it definitely took more than just me to make it happen if nothing else just for the knowledge of where do i how, the logistics of making it happen can be tough you know um a lot of times to feed like pigs and stuff people will go to um uh, like the farmer's markets and go afterwards and get just pallets of beans that didn't get sold that day. And they're not bad. Um, another place people get uh, a lot of food like their animals from is Meals on Wheels. You go to a lot of these food charities and once it hits the sell-by date or whatever, they can't like legally serve it to these people. So they just give it away to people to feed to their pigs. So, I mean, if you go and you get some of this stuff, a lot of it's probably still good. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff that looks fine. I think we, especially since the, the sell by date is literally a scam. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, you know, there, there are a lot of um, ways that you can sort of find this stuff for cheap or free. And again, you, networking with people and not having to do it all yourself because it is a huge undertaking but if you can just find hey i grow this stuff i got this extra if you can find somebody to just pass it off to and let the person with the big heart who loves to see the smile on the homeless person's face that 
I don't know. I mean, that's great, but I don't care that much. Like, you know, in the same way they do, you know, this, this person who probably is a straight up Democrat, but does so much more for homeless people than, you know, that it's like, cool, you go be that, you know, you know, you be that person because you're actually out there doing it. So I don't care, you know, um, but let me, you know, there's people who have those big hearts that want to do that side of things. I have, I want to help, but let me just grow it and give it to you, you know, or so, Dad, you know, we can you all could, find our role there. You could find a local anarchist in your nearby area who might be willing to lead something like that. And he can run a food, not bombs chapter mm-hmm. because we have to prove as anarchists and libertarians that we can shoulder this burden better than the state. That's what we have to prove. Uh- yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, there's some people in my freedom cell who I don't talk to nearly enough. Who I know have been doing some cool food, food for stuff. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to them. Um, but just uh, just real quick here, I wanted to, it's like when the, the whole homeless on the playground thing was going around a few months ago, you know, um, and, and about calling the cops on the homeless person, I think is what the, what the debate was. I tend to stay out of these things. Yep. But like my, my big takeaway is like, first off, if it's that much of a problem for you, move. Like, that's my first thing. It's like, move. Like, don't live there. If there's homeless people shooting up on the playground, don't send your kids there and move. You know, failing that, it's like, okay, if there can definitely be a situation, even a free society where there is a, there's a place designated for children to play and there's an adult there who just has no business being there and you want them to leave, it's like, okay, calling the cops on them, I don't think is a good solution. Um, that's never a good solution. It's never really good for anybody. Um, you don't do that unless you're okay with somebody dying, because that is always the possibility. You know, I would say in this situation, the thing to do is maybe one or two concerned fathers just go, hey, man, any chance we can get you to move along? You know what I mean? Like, that seems totally reasonable, you know, too. And then, of course, third is if there's somebody hanging out, they're not causing a problem and it's not a concern, then don't be a dick and just don't, you know, what have you. But it's I don't I don't see calling the calling the cops on somebody as ever being the right solution to something like that. I do see situations where asking somebody to move along is totally appropriate. And if they're doing something very vulgar or wrong or whatever, then, you know, making them leave maybe. But ultimately, if you live in a place like that has problems like that, that you can't directly address by feeding the person or something, you know, then I don't know, maybe move to somewhere where things like that aren't happening. You know, like don't, I couldn't imagine trying to raise a family in San Francisco you know, aside from all the other reasons of not wanting to live there, just around that kind of stuff, you know? So that's, that was always my solution to that. Um, but if you guys wanted to, if you guys had a quick couple of minutes on that, feel free. There is a myriad of factors that can land somebody in a less than ideal situation when mm-hmm. it comes to shelter, when it comes to food, when it comes to security. And I think that the important thing here to remember when you're looking down on these people is that you have what they don't. Mm -hmm. Like when you're looking at that dude that's begging for money on the sidewalk and you're like, motherfucker, get a job. You don't know, like maybe this dude hasn't showered in two weeks. He doesn't own a clean set of clothes. He can't just walk into McDonald's and get a job because do you really want Hobo Jim touching your food? No, and McDonald's isn't going to hire you. You, you know, you have to be hygienic and clean shaven, at least according to their employment rules. And, you know, maybe, maybe they're broken. Maybe they were working a good job and broke their neck. That's how I ended up homeless. I had a union job making uh, 
auto parts for General Motors. Like it was a good job, made decent money for the time. I broke my neck at that job uh, and ended up, you know, through a series of unfortunate events, not having enough money to keep the four fucking bedroom house on 20 acres that I had been paying for. Like I went from, oh, fuck it, dude. That was, that was 15 fucking years ago. It doesn't matter now. The fact it matters because there's people like that right now today. There's hundreds oh, that, sure. that happened to. Yeah, I, w- I was living in a four bedroom house on 20 acres at the end of a dirt road. I was living the dream. I was 22 years old. You couldn't fucking stop me. Turns out breaking my neck can stop a lot of shit. And I ended up addicted to pain pills. I ended up all fucked up. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up sleeping in my nice ass Lincoln town car, because that's the one thing I didn't lose because it was bought and paid for. And to look at me, you'd have been like, oh, you know, he's just strung out on drugs. And sure enough, I was. But I was also living in a car with a broken fucking neck. Like, yeah, there there are. And the system didn't give a shit about you, did they? Oh, zero fucks. But I didn't ask either. I've been an anarchist for far longer than that. But the point I'm trying to make here is, is it unsavory? Does it make you feel bad? Does it somehow awaken some part of your guts when you see somebody struggling that hard and you don't like to see it? Maybe. And that's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. But what you need to remember is that every one of these motherfuckers has a story and you do not know what it is. And you are wrong to fucking assume. Like, you know, there's been times I've been so poor that a hobo asked me for money and it's like, no, motherfucker, fuck you. I need liquor too. (laughs) But there's also, you know, like, man, don't think that you know just because you assume, I guess is the point. And don't think that don't think that the help you can give is not enough or just not worth the time. Like if you don't want to give that motherfucker money, give him a sandwich, you know, give him a blanket, do, do whatever it is that you can do. And you are making things better. I do don't. And man, don't fucking call the cops on these dudes. I have been incarcerated and I have been homeless. I would far rather be homeless than incarcerated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like that line from KMFDM, you know? Like, we're not broke, we're broken, we're so poor, we can't even pay attention. Mm-hmm. Is that New yeah. American Century by KMFDM? Dogma. New American Century is great, though. Yes. Um, but you got sick. Well, as I said before, I'm very much pro arming the homeless and um in in contradiction to the latter rothbardians uh i am i much rather unleash the homeless on the cops rather than the other way around um and to the, the sort of uh you know hoppy and paleo types it's it's more likely that that homeless person is a net pack uh, taxpayer rather than your little child um, so they mm-hmm. possibly have a better claim to that park than your children do. Now, I have children and sure, I don't want my children around uh, certain 
activities, at least at, at an early age. But the idea of calling the cops seems just weak and frail to me. I would just go like a big boy, go have a conversation with this person and ask them, hey, man, can or her or whatever, can, can you just uh, can you do that like over there where some of my me and my kid can play? And if they have a problem with that, stay strapped or get clapped. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you don't. Um, it is the weak and frail that need to call the cops on the 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 um, the, the most uh least off among us like the homeless or, or, <gasps> are you existing do you have zero <laughs> means you have zero means and, you, and are you just existing in a public place <gasps> there's yes. not straight to jail yeah right, right, yeah you right, don't have yeah. licensure you right. gotta go you got cops are obviously license? not going to make the situation better and they're just right. as likely to shoot you and your kid so i don't know what you're doing um mm-hmm. It's probably just as much of a risk to you as it is to that uh, that homeless person in the park. Um, so handle your business, uh, grow up and be a father, uh, and yeah, take care of it yourself. Um, speaking in terms of a stateless society, I think um, statelessness would eliminate a lot of these problems before they exist. You know, so like if somebody wanted to shoot heroin, I'm there's a, I mean, you could just go do that. Um, you don't necessarily need to do that in a park. There's probably a heroin bar or whatever the thing. You know what I mean? Just like there's a the the rat parking Dan, experiment I think a though. Term. Like the, the rat. <laughs> yeah. This is this is my point with all this. Like the rat park experiment. Y'all know what that is, right? Yeah, um, the one where they're feeding cocaine to the rats. Is that what you're talking about? They're the Various rats with the good life yeah, didn't and, do the drugs. Yeah, like, yes. yeah, yeah. And and so the the rats with no social life. They had nothing. They had no people. Uh, like proverbially to care about them no social structure no nothing fun to do nothing of interest just a barren blank cage with nothing and nobody versus the rats who had like people structure community fun things to do in an interesting life suddenly you don't need to find your connection by it like some drug that elevates you or gives you an escape if your life doesn't suck ass so the state making people's life suck ass and then everybody acting like these people just sprung out of nowhere. Fuck all of you, especially if mm-hmm. you're a libertarian acting like this, you piece of shit. <laughs> well said. Hell yeah. Yeah, that Hell was yeah. a point I was going to make earlier. It's like, okay, so if somebody's doing meth in a park, their life's probably not going great to begin with, right? So... Then you're going to add cops in the mix and they're going to get thrown in prison and they're going to lose whatever uh, little they had to begin with. And what are they going to do now that their life sucks even worse when they get out? Probably more meth. You know what I mean? So recidivism. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, some sort of punitive or carceral situation isn't going to help the help anything, obviously. And yes, you're right that the state caused the thing in the first place. I think there would still be there would be less addiction, but probably still some casual drug use. So you might still find like um, an opium bar or something or somewhere to go on a Friday night to just chill mm-hmm. or whatever the thing. But um, I, I feel be like far the less addic- addiction and there yeah, would be like less the... things cut with things because there would be mm-hmm. like, you know, anarchist BVV where they were like, hey, your shit's fucked up and it's fucking people up. Um, we're going to shut you down like physically if you don't shape up, you know, things like that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 I feel like it'd be like a district. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cool with like the, you know, like the sense of like a red light. Okay. 
keep your debauchery to that part of town, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like that's where the, that's the district for that shit, you know? Um, but, you know, who knows? I think it's, you know, definitely pan out differently in different places and different societies and cultures and all that. And I'm here to see it blossom. But um, I think that um, we've, we've gone on quite a while now. Um, this has been excellent. Um, I want to thank uh, Seth, Gonzo, and Jeremiah all for being here and taking this time uh, with me to do this. Did anybody have any uh, closing statements or anything um, about this to wrap it up? Otherwise, I guess we can do plugs or whatever. But if um, I guess Seth, go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, if you got anything, say it and then uh, do your plugs. Well, I would just say that if you found anything I've said interesting, um, I'm trying to do a big initiative or push to get more people to do number one, do homeless outreach, but number two, gorilla garden in a manner that uh, provides more abundance and a flourishing ecosystem and feeds as many people as humanly possible. Um, it, as I believe Gonzo said earlier, it really wouldn't take much effort to just do a little extra and we could all uh, make a huge difference in terms of um, feeding those that uh, are, are hungry or having a bad time. And as I said earlier, this um, provides the, the basis or, or delegitimizes the justification for the state and provides a basis for a free and stateless society as we will take care of those uh, least fortunate ourselves uh, and the, um, the state would no longer have to. Um, that be, uh, I am, but I am sick. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. Um, I am Sek Magora on all the social medias and I am, uh, I hope I co-host the Agora, the podcast with my, my buddy Penguin. And we talk about, um, all sorts of solutions much like this um so yeah again thanks for having me on this was great yeah absolutely man no i'm definitely a definitely valuable addition to the episode and um you have a great podcast too so i definitely invite all of our listeners to check you guys out as well oh thank you um absolutely uh gonzo what you got i am a firm believer in radical self-responsibility if you see something that you don't like the, mo the most effective approach you can take is to become responsible for it. I don't like to see people struggle. I don't like to see people hungry. I don't like to see people going without their basic needs. There's still a part of me that thinks that if you aren't willing to stand up and work for yourself, there's not a whole lot that can be done. But because <clears throat> I don't know what they're going through. So I think that if you see this and it bothers you on any level, look into things like food, not bombs. Look into things like uh, Hunters for the Hungry. Look into things like Sekmagora's Gorilla Gardening. Um, maybe get yourself a 3D printer and you know, equip the homeless with FGC nines if that's your jam. <laughs> like, I'm fine with that too. The, the point here is that just saying that there's a problem is an anemic response. What the fuck are you going to do about it? We've all had hard yeah. times. 
we've all been uh, in situations that were suboptimal. If you're not, if you're doing even okay, do something. Shit, dude, it, it, this just occurred to me. I've been anti-state my whole life. I refuse to accept things like food stamps, but I just had the thought of, gee, you know, I wonder, do I qualify for food stamps? Because I could take all that state money, go buy food and give it to fucking people. Yeah. I don't know if that's your jam, figure it out, do something. If it bothers you, use that as motivation to make things better because nobody is going to do it if you don't. And radical self-responsibility is the way out of literally every problem you have. Uh, I'm Gonzo01201 on Twitter. Um, I'm the host of the Escape to Autonomy podcast that will be coming back with its second iteration where I will document my abundance garden and feeding the people that are hungry. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really Hell appreciate yeah, it. Great run. Thanks for rant, coming dude. on. Uh, yeah, it gave me goosebumps. Got me all fired up. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> and then I guess like we'll we'll say that there's a bunch of ways to support in the description. There's also alternate platforms you can find us on. This will be permanently on the blockchain on Odyssey. Um, so if you want to find uh what we do, you're free to like, share, and subscribe, etc. Um, but yeah, like I I've I've been there. I've been in need and uh, in in a shitty small town with no way out, um, you know, and the opacity of looking up at that essentially concrete ceiling where you can't even see out <laughs> like a glass ceiling would have been awesome because at least I could see. But this was like a concrete ceiling where like it felt like I was stored in a box somewhere away from everybody else. And that's where the state wanted me to stay. And that's true of so many other people. The, the system fucks people over and then treats them like shit for even asking for scraps. That is evil. Yeah. And it has been made worse by the pandemic and everything about it. If you really want to help prevent spread of virus maybe don't make people fucking homeless if you really want to get society to the next level so that your kids are safe in their fucking park maybe don't make people fucking homeless don't blame people for problems you have a problem a hand in creating and then act like you're the morally righteous and indignant one you didn't earn that Shut the fuck up. That's my stance. Excellent. Well said. And um, along those lines, I have a quote. I was just about to ask if you had a quote. Excellent. What you got, man? Monopolizing the accumulated efforts of man, property has robbed him of his birthright and has turned him loose a pauper and an outcast. Property is not even the time-worn excuse that man does not create enough to satisfy all needs. The ABC student of economics knows that the productivity of labor with the, within the last few decades far exceeds normal demand. But what are normal demands to an abnormal institution? The only demand that property recognizes is its own gluttonous appetite for greater wealth, because wealth means power. 
the power to subdue, to crush, to exploit, the power to enslave, to outrage, to degrade. America is particularly boastful of her great power, her enormous natural wealth. Poor America, of what avail is all her wealth if the individuals comprising the nation are wretchedly poor? If they live in squalor, in filth, in crime, with hope and joy gone, a homeless, soulless army of human prey. Emma Goldman. Yep. Excellent. Great show, guys. Gorse next us out. Peace. The revolution starting inside An instrumental part of Agora Worldwide Agora Worldwide, Agora Worldwide Counter-economics, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist